The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice of America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my co-host is Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at lemontwilliamsports at yahoo.com. Jacob, how's your week going so far? Hey, man, so far, so good. Just trying to stay cool. Yeah, it's, man, we've been getting hit hard with this, this heat, man. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, man. I, I just come back from vacation, went out to Honolulu. Uh, about to head on another vacation starting tomorrow, going back home to the 757 to Virginia. So I'm excited about that, seeing friends and family. So uh, let's go ahead and start uh, today's show. Today we'll talk about last week NBA trades. Uh, we'll go around the NFL. We invite former NBA player Robert Reed to the show, play my interview with Houston Rockets owner Drake McClain, uh, recap my uh, – re- we will recap the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and the 2009 Home Run Derby. Well, first, Jacob, uh, let's send our condolences and prayers to boxer Antonio Gotti, uh, family, friends, and fans. Uh seems like every week, man, we we send our condolences to people. I guess it's the summer where a lot of celebrities and athletes and, and, and movie stars and music stars are passing away. But uh, boxer Antonio Gotti, a former junior lightweight champion, uh, was murdered last week by his wife in Brazil. Uh, come to find out that he was strangled with a strap from a purse and uh, also suffered head injuries. Uh, Jacob, little things I can remember about Antonio uh, Gotti. Uh, I remember that uh, that fight, he, that great fight he had against Mickey Ward a couple years ago. Uh, they was going toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow, man. And uh, one thing I can say about him, he was a, a great warrior. Uh, I think he finished up his career somewhere like a 40-9 and nine record with like 31 knockouts. Well, I'll tell you what, he was definitely a uh, great fighter. Uh, it's a shame to see things, you know, stuff like this happen. But uh, you're right. I mean, I mean, those battles that he he had with Ward was uh, very, very good uh, boxing matches. And uh, he was a guy that could take a punch. And uh, you know, the boxing world is, you know, surely going to miss him. Yeah. Again, we want to send our condolences out to Antonio uh, uh, Gotti's fans, uh, his family, and his uh, and, and his friends. So uh, he'd truly be missing the boxing world. Jacob, let's go ahead and recap the 2009 Home Run Derby. Uh, Prince. Prince Fielder, son of Cecil Fielder, you know, pretty much stole the crown, man, uh, at the home run derby uh, Monday night. Uh, well, I'll Jacob. tell you what, you know, I think everybody in the in the uh, stadium was looking for either Albert Pujols or Ryan Howard to uh, win that, you know, win that uh, home run derby. But, uh, you know, uh, 
outfielder, you know, a National League Central power hitter, uh, came in and stole the show. Yeah, he, he pretty much stepped stepped his game up. He came back. He came behind. He came from behind and ended up winning the crown. Uh, I was rooting for Ryan Howard as well, but uh, he got eliminated early with Albert Pujols. But uh, yeah, Prince went head to head with Texas outfielder uh, Nelson Cruz in the winning uh, that 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 event six to five. Let's go ahead and recap the Major League Baseball 2009 All Star Game. Uh, you know, for the last 13 seasons, Jacob the ALS. Well, not the ALS. Well, the American League All-Stars has won 13 seasons in a row. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob, man. I was in and out of the game last night. I was preparing for our vacation starting tomorrow. And I uh, saw an opportunity to see President Obama, you know, storm the field and, and throw out the first pitch. But one thing, I, if I can remember on the game last night, one thing I can remember is the American League uh, All-Stars. They played, you know, some savvy defense as well as have some great pitching going on. You know, I tell you what, this was a uh, this was a defensive match uh, for both teams. Uh, you know, and one of the things on the line for both of these teams is home field advantage in the World Series, uh, with the American League. You know, uh, taking that uh, this year. But I tell you what, Carl Crawford, man, he put on a show. I like that uh, snap, the home run he took away uh, in the in the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, Curtis Gunderson, you know, providing the offense, you know, for the AL. It was, it, was a, it was a good game. It was a defensive game. But, you know, the American League uh, prevailed 4-3 to three over National. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of the All-Star game, we, you know, the Houston Nationals sent a couple players out there, Hunter Pence as well as Miguel Tejada. Hunter Pence didn't play at all. I didn't see him hit the field unless he, he played when I wasn't paying attention. But, uh he didn't play that. He didn't play at all. But Miguel Tejada, you know, he he hit the ball a couple a couple times out there in the All Star game, Jacob. Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, the All Star game is becoming a fixture for Miguel Tejada. Uh, if you can remember, he was MVP, you know, a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, so it, it's becoming a fixture for him. Pence did not play for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't see him on the field, uh, but he did a lot of uh, community service work while he was there. Uh, in St. Louis, and uh, he made a good showing for the Houston uh, Houston Astros. Yeah, let's stay, let's stay with the Houston Astros. Uh, last week, I had the privilege to attend a CEO breakfast with uh, uh, Houston Astros owner Drake McClain, and uh, had an opportunity after the meeting to do a quick interview. So uh, I'm gonna get our engineer Will to play that interview real quick for us. This is Lee Mont Williams, host of Outside the Huddle on the Voice of America Sports Network. I'm here at the breakfast meeting with. Houston, Houston Astros on Drayton McClain. Uh, Drayton, what brings you out this morning to, uh, to the breakfast meeting? Well, good morning. I try to make two or three talks to civic groups here in Houston every uh, week, and I was invited. To, this is the Rotary Club of Houston, and they had a CEO breakfast once a month, and they invited me to be here, and they had about 200 people here. And uh, I love being involved with Rotary groups because they make such a positive difference. You mentioned Houston Rotary Club. Houston Rotary Club brings a lot of entrepreneurs together. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what was your thought process or what did you have to go through to purchase the Astros back in 1992? Well, that was an opportunity. My parents taught me if you make friends with good, high-quality human beings, good things will happen to you. And I had two friends that got me involved in 1992 with the Houston Astros. I'd, never, I'd been to only three major league games in my entire life. And they got me engaged in it. It was fun. And I've owned the team for 17 years now, so it's been a very enjoyable experience. I'm talking with Houston Astros owner Drayton McClain. Drayton, now, if you can, let's segue a little bit into the Astros. Uh, Astros making a great charge now before the All-Star break. Uh, 
Uh, what, what's your take or what do you think how they will finish up this year uh, heading into the uh, October season? When Ed Wade, our general manager, put the team together in December and January, I felt it was going to be possibly the best team the Astros have had. We did not get a good start in April and May, but have played well in late May and June. We're one game under 500, so we could be two or three games above 500 at the All-Star break. So that's our goal. And we're the last four years have been a second-half team. So we're ready for a surge. And lastly, one more question. In 2005, you guys made it to the World Series. Uh, Tell me, uh, do you feel like you have the key key guys in place to make that push to, to make it back you know, to the playoffs as well as to the World Series? Uh, having been involved with that 2005 team, I think overall we have a stronger team today than we had then. Pitching is the big part of baseball. And uh, you got to have pitching, you got to have middle relievers, you got to have a great closer in Valverde. we got one of the best closers in all of baseball. And then we have very strong offensive teams. So uh, I feel that we have a great opportunity in the second half. Thank you, Mr. McClain. Again, for the listeners out there, that was Houston Astros owner Drake McClain. Had an opportunity to interview him real quick at the CEO breakfast meeting. Jacob, uh, uh, recap on the, the meeting last week, man. Uh, Drake, he's, he's a cool guy, man, laid-back guy. Uh, I think it comes with the territory of being a baseball owner with the environment of uh, a, a family uh, event, laid-back, uh, slower-paced type of game, whereas in football what I'm accustomed to is hard-hitting, fast-paced, you know, and high turnover. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, I had a chance to meet him a couple of times, and uh, he's a very approachable guy. Uh, as you say, you know, very down to earth, and uh, he really loves uh, baseball. And I think he's doing a great job as an owner of the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, he's, you know, he's providing us with quality baseball here in Houston. Okay, let's go ahead and move forward and talk about uh, give give out some 2009 midseason awards, Jacob. Uh, we have less than three minutes for our break, so we can try to squeeze this in. I'm gonna give you my uh, AL MVP so far is Joe Ma- Maury from Minnesota. Uh, he's hitting pretty well right now. I think he's hitting over 39%. He's got 14 home runs and 45 RBIs. My NL uh, Major League play, uh, MVP player is, you know, no other than Albert Pujols from, Car- from the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, he's the best baseball player, in my opinion, in, in baseball right now today, post the steroid era. 33 home runs, 82 RBIs, somewhere like, you know, 34% in, in batting average. Um, Rookie of the year, I'm going to go ahead and say real quick for the AL, I got rookie uh, uh, rookie uh, Ricky uh, Romero, I think that's his name, out of out of the Blue Jays, out of Toronto. And NL, I have rookie, uh, rookie of the year Tommy Hansen out of the Atlanta Braves. Well, I tell you what, you really like those Toronto Blue Jays, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think they're on a good pace right now, and I think they're – they look pretty good going into the playoffs, if they make it to the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what, for AL MVP, I'm going to go with uh, Carlos Pena with the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays. He's leading the AL in home runs. He's also leading in uh, slugging percentage, and uh, I, I, that's my favorite to uh, win the uh, AL MVP. National League, you're right on it, Albert Pujols. He's, he's leading the National League in home runs and RBIs, and uh, he's definitely the front runner. He's also he's, he, he's, his slugging percentage is a little bit it's in second but I I do I do think in the second half he's going to pull that up and get that National League uh MVP. Uh my rookie I'm going to go with David Price with Tampa Bay. 
Uh, you know, he's a second half guy. He's a rookie. He did he did okay in the first half, but I think he's getting a little bit stronger as time goes on. I'm picking him to win the uh, AL rookie and my National League rookie. I'm going to go with uh, Andrews McCutton with uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. He's hitting two ninety four uh, from the uh, in the batting box, and uh, I think he's a favorite to win the NL. Real quick before I break, who you got for Cy Young winners? Uh, young winners. I got for LL. AL, I'm sorry, I got Roy uh, Holiday, and from NL, I got Tim Lincecum. From the okay, time. with the NL, I can agree with you. I think Tim uh, Lincecum is going to uh, go ahead and take that for the National League with 10 wins. He's at 2.3. He's he's doing really well for San Francisco. But we had, we're a little bit different on the AL. I like Josh Beckett. He has 11 wins for Boston, and he's a mainstay in that in that lineup. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, Jacob, it's time for us to take a short break. After we take this break, we'll come back. Invite former NBA player Robert Reed to the show next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannons. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of his canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, 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 there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. Sports to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this is that segment we invite former active players to, the, uh, to our show to discuss a little sports as well as making that transition from uh, from the court or from the field to, to the business world. Today we have uh, former Houston Rockets basketball player Robert Reed. Robert, I want to welcome you to the show outside the huddle. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm most honored to be on your show. Jacob, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, but I, I got to say this. I, I'm honored, first of all, that that most of your view, listeners probably weren't even born yet when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So what's going on after you guys? Man, not much, man. We just just talking sports, man. Getting the opportunity to talk sports on okay. this platform, and it's a great opportunity. So uh, let's go ahead and roll into our segment, Robert. Uh, you know, I, I had an opportunity to do some due diligence on you, so I'm, I got a couple of questions. I'm going to open up from, from my co-host. Okay. Uh, uh, Robert, you know, coming out of St. Mary's uh, University, and you played 13 seasons as Houston Rockets. You know, tell us a little bit about your experience in the NBA. Well, first of all, I, I'll put it this way. I at St. Mary's, my senior year, we were ranked number one in the nation, and we got beat by a 40-footer guy threw up the last game so we couldn't go to Kansas City, right? So uh, I'm waiting. You know, at, at that time, there was the draft was like 20, 20 rounds. Well, I was working in a steel mill, and when it wasn't until I got home that my dad said, you know, uh, the Houston Rockets drafted in the second round, so you're the 40th player picked. And Tom Nasalki called me, in, and he says, well, we heard a lot of good things about you from Rudy Davalos, who used to be the assistant general manager with the Spurs. He says, well, we'll give you 30000 non-guarantee. I said, okay, Coach. I had to meet him on a truck stop off of I-10 as he's going back to Houston to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed up at the Houston Rocket after rookie camp in L.A., and at vet camp, Dale Harris comes up to me before we have our first scrimmage, and he was very honest with me. I was number 19. The NBA only kept 11 at the time. There was 15 guaranteed contracts, and there was only 21 teams. He says, Bobby, I'll be honest with you. You're not going to make this team. We just brought you in here to, to, to push Rudy T. I say, fine. I say, but you know what? This is what I want. Y'all gave my first pair of free Chuck Taylors. You gave my practice uniform. All I want is Rudy. Because at the time, I was running 109.9. I had a 43-inch vertical leap. Wow. So for the next week, all you heard Rudy T screaming, Jesus Christ, you going to let this rookie hold? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Slowly but surely to that last day, I found out I was number 11. And then by the 11th game of the season, I was in the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking with former Houston Rockets basketball player Robert Reed. Robert, you, you, you were the second-leading scorer for the Rockets in 1981, I mean 1980-1981 season. Yeah. Y'all yeah. end up going to the finals, losing to the Celtics. Looking back at that season, uh, what would you have done differently if you could change the outcome? Well, you know, here's the thing. It, you know, with me and Moses, Tom, uh, Tom Henderson, Mike Dunleavy and, and, and uh, Calvin Murphy, Allen and all them, that was the only season throughout my whole career that I actually got to play one position, the three-man. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I, I never knew, you know, coming into camp, I might start at point, the two, the three, or the four. So, you know, at the three, I was comfortable, just ran the floor, got your shot, and, you know, we ended up 41 and 41, but here's the reason that a lot of folks forgot why we ended up in the, in, in the uh, championship. That playoff, that uh, all-star game was in L.A., you remember? Yeah. And when Marvin Gaye sang the national anthem. Mm-hmm. All right. Pat Riley only played Moses four minutes. <laughs> Wednesday, when we played played uh, uh, the New Orleans uh, Jazz with Rich Kelly. He had made a comment that Moses ain't no good player and all. Moses had 35 and 35. 
He came in the locker room and he said straight up, if you all don't want to play, stay in here. Big Mo is tired. For the rest of the season, Moses averaged 35 and 20. And in Pat Riley's book, he said, I made a mistake. I should have gave him at least six more minutes. <laughs> but, you know, that was a fun season for us because we were like uh, the uh, 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 Butch Cash and Sundance kids when they said, who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jacob. I think you have. First of all, welcome to the show. And, you know, you and I were friends and uh, – you know, you've shared a lot of stories uh, with me. Let me ask you this one question. What do you think is different in today's player versus uh, when you were playing in the NBA? The biggest difference in today's players is this. In my day, we went four years of school. 1973, Moses was the first player to come out of high school. That's when I'm at 73, I'm going to St. Mary's. Four years in college, and now when you come in that locker room, here is a vet player pulling your coattail. I'll never forget the first vet player that pulled my coattail was, was, was uh, Pete Maravich. We're playing in the Superdome. I'm leaving the, the dome, and I hear his voice, Reed. I say, yeah, where you going? Uh, Hotel to eat? No, you're not. Come with me. And he sat me down at dinner, talked to me what I, or he liked my game, what I need to do. Then it was Havlicek, Frazier, Jim Jones, uh, Jabbar, uh, uh, Dave Cowens, Bob Lanier, Paul Westfall. You got, and then don't be in a place where you saw the former players sitting up in the stands. You knew you had to play. You had to earn their respect. And so you were getting re-educated the same way when you were a freshman in college, and here's this senior saying, we don't lose here. So now what you have is a young man reading his press clippings, got his friends, geeking him up, and I'm going to say it straight up, mom and dad following around, talking, that's my baby, that's my baby, oh, he can do this and that and not letting this man being told, look, you can't play. I'm serious. These kids playing a lot of these AAU games, fine. You're learning, you're traveling. Do you realize these young men in the AAU getting tennis shoes, bags, uniforms, we didn't even see when we were in the seventh grade. So now they're coming into the league with their so-called posse and looking at the vet player and say, how can you tell me? They want me more than you. That's the problem that's happening with these kids now. The, the NBA draft we just saw, the young men all dressed up like they're going to Easter service Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Get up there and say, like Blake Griffin. I, I want to thank the L.A. Clippers for drafting me. I want to. I'm going to do the. I'm going to bring my all here. This and that. Not not maybe him, but the rest of the guys dress up saying it. Bam! Season starts. Take this suit off. You start to see all these t uh, tattoos. They're around all these. Rap. Yo yo yo! What's up? This is what we do. This is how we roll. 
That's not the NBA, and Jacob, that's what's killing it. Wow. Hey, I'll tell you what, to, uh, to, uh, to uh, one more question. Uh, you know, uh, out of all the guys that you played with in the NBA, uh, name me one guy that you will remember like, uh, from your NBA career. Moses Malone. I, I, let, me, let me put it this way. My teammate, Moses Malone, because I watched him, that, you know, if Moses was playing today, he would be fined $10,000 after every game or before because he does not talk to the media. Moses looked at the guys, reporters coming in there. He was focused. I don't have time to talk to you. I got to go out here and do my job. The paying fans are paying to come see Moses Malone bring it. I'm not going to talk to you before the game, give the scout and report out what we're going to do. And then afterwards, and then I, I, this is one thing I say when I speak. At, I, I heard the earlier interview you talking, Mr. Mr. Drake McLean. Uh, opportunities I spoken at the Lions Clubs and the Rotaries, and at the end they have the Q and A. Here it is: the most prolific score that I had to go, George Gervin. The most high-profile player that you knew, you better show up every night, because he had to bring it on the road, Dr. J. The most tenacious player that you knew, if you took your, that if you didn't hit him, he was going to hit you, Bernard King. And the one guy that if you held him for three and a half quarters and he only had eight points, but if you let him get that one shot with seven, eight minutes left, he was going to get his 20, was Larry Bird. That, those are the guys that through my career, and if you notice, I put them in all the different positions that I, I played at. Yeah. We're talking with former Houston Rockets basketball player Robert Reed. Robert, let's go ahead and make a uh, segue into uh, your transition from basketball. Uh, when you retired in 91, um, how was that process? Was it, was it difficult or was it, was it a smooth transition for you? Well, you know, I, I was blessed that when I did retire, Steve Hayes, my former teammate, was with uh, Tri-City in the CBA. And so he, he had me come in to be a player coach. Then I went to head coach with Yakima Sun Kings. Then I was with 94-95 uh, with Wes Unsell for that one year. Then he retired. When I came back, Mr. Drake McLean saw me at a fundraiser for then uh, uh, a former President George Bush, who's running for governor, I worked with the Astros for three years in community relations, and then with my current wife, I started doing my own camps and, and speaking engagements and all. I have to be honest and say this, throughout my whole playing career as a Houston Rocket and, you know, and been, been going to Charlotte and all, I always kept my hand in, in, in civic in the community relations and, and with, you know, the, the society folks and all, because I wanted them to know and, and I wanted the respect that I knew then when they saw my number or their secretary would say, Robert Reason, they would pick it up. I still wanted that respect to say, excuse me, say, Mr. Reed's on the phone. And that has been happening still to pick the phone up and doing things. Uh, Jacob knows this. I'm going to tell you, I thought, get ready to go, because I'm getting ready to go to Tijuana 
to coach the Cosmos de Tijuana team in the Mexican League in August. But Moses and I, you all know about uh, Fondy, that that's where yeah. all the pros come to hone their game. Well, during the daytime, there's 150 kids in the summer program, just recreation. Yeah. And I said I want to do some of the kids. So I sent out letters to my friends and corporate people mm-hmm. that for $50, I want to take the kids to the downtown aquarium. They get to see the fish, all the rides. They get a lunch, all right, and then I uh, want to have the bus to go and, and, and uh, a gift for them. Yeah. I raised the funds for that. Sunday, a friend of mine, Bonton Mickey and his Otico Steppers, he heard about it from a friend. He called and he said, Robert, I want to have my band come play for the kids. Yeah. Well, so, Robert, hold that thought. We're okay. gonna, we have 30 seconds before our break. So, uh, can you hold on for the next sure, segment? Sure. Okay, we'll bring you back next segment. We'll talk a little bit more about your, about your sports camp. Okay. And things Thank you, you got going on in Houston. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host. Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it. So call us right now. 888-459-4825. 888 4825 Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. 
As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Before we went to the break, we had former NBA basketball player Robert Reed on on the show, and I brought him back this segment. We normally talk about NFL football this segment, but we're going to finish up our, our uh, great conversation with, uh, with Robert Reed about his basketball clinics here in Houston as well as throughout the world. So go ahead, and Robert, if you can uh, talk yeah, a little bit more about know, your clinics. I was going to finish on that. Uh, the Zodico group, Bonton Mickey, and the Zodico uh, sidesteppers—they're going to do a show for the kids for an hour. And here's the thing: why why my corporate friends all jumped in? Uh, it's called accountability. Okay, this is not a foundation, and they know that they receive a letter to show where every dime went to. And it was a one-time event because a lot of these kids, I want them to make this a good summer for them. And then as uh, acting vice president with our retired players, Houston chapter, we've done several camps and all, you know, about the city and the surrounding areas. So now to be able to go out to speaking engagements, career days during the high school season and all, uh, I'm pretty active. I've done camps overseas, China and India. And now, like I was mentioned earlier, uh, for the last se- the last segment, I'll be going to uh, Tijuana to coach a team down there in the Mexican League. Okay. Well, I want to you know wish you luck in all Thank your you. endeavors uh, you know, with your clinics and, and taking on the opportunity to coach overseas in Mexico. Be careful down there. Oh, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. But let me ask you this real quick. Yes, sir. How do you feel about my Rockets? Uh, as far as with the trades, as far the- as the potential, what you see. What I see, I well, uh, with the status of, of Yao Means up, still up in the air, we don't know if he's going to go through with the surgery and all. Uh, I I think they're they're going to take a step back, but I think uh, with the coach uh, Rick Adelman, I think he's going to make adjustment as far as uh, the tempo of the play. Uh, I, from what I read yesterday, that the Rockets are seeking a, a guy from overseas, right? Uh, Italy, so I think they're going to go with a more up tempo type style. Uh, they got a great gym over there with uh, Maury, and, and I think they, they're going to be in a hundred things. I think if T-Mac comes back from his knee surgery, and I, I don't think he's going to make an impact until after the All-Star break, uh, if, okay. you know, if it's some value so on, this, on, on the books. Let go me ahead. ask you this. You remember the movie Patton mm-hmm. with George C. Scott? 
You yeah. remember when he had his first battle against Rommel, and he's kicking his behind, and what did he say? <laughs> Rommel, I read your book. Uh-huh. Okay? With the new players that you are bringing in, don't let the coaches know what you're going to do. That off, I'm, you know, I got the total respect for Coach Allen because I played for him for a while when I got traded from Charlotte to Portland. But I'll be honest with you, you don't know me. I don't want you to know my players. It's something totally different. And you watch and see what happened. In other words, you don't let the opposition say, okay, here comes the fourth quarter, two minutes left, we know he's going to run. The same way in the movie uh, uh, with Denzel Washington, when he was playing, he said, Coach, you, he knows you. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. With yeah. these young players, change it up. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have the material like a Yao and a Tracy to be in that scoring position with your plays called for. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we'll see. It, it's going to be very exciting. I want to know how um... – Trevor Reed to make that adjustment here in Houston as I well. Hope, so. I wish the young brother well because, let me tell you something, you're stepping into a hornet's nest. <laughs> you were averaging your eight and four rebounds because there was three other options that were scoring before you. Exactly. Kobe, Gasol, Odom, and if I was guarding you, I got to look at Kobe, so now, now you're the first option? It ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. But here's the other thing. Why are you going to leave the three-ring circus and you, your two top players might be here? You know TNT ain't going to put us on TV all the time now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see how we get off. Uh, to Maybe we get off to a good start. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, we'll definitely see. But, Robert, I, again, I appreciate I'm... it. And, Jake, man, I'll see you before I get out of Dodge. Oh, yeah, brother. Okay. Robert, hey. take it easy, man. All right, I appreciate gentlemen, you Thank you so in. much for allowing me to be on the show. All right, man, take it easy. Thanks a lot, yes, Rob. Again, for the listeners out there, that was former NBA player Robert Reed joining the show. So, Jake, let's go ahead and move forward and talk a little NFL. Uh, man, got a lot of storylines coming out with training camp kicking off the end of this month. Let's go ahead and talk about Matt Castle signing his long-term deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Castle signed a, a six-year long-term deal, somewhere putting him at $63 million, $28 million guarantee. Uh, they locked him in, Jacob, for, you know, the quarterback for – to 2000, I mean, to 2014. Um, you know, here's a situation where a guy took advantage of of an injury and, and capitalized on it. Uh, Matt Castle never, you know, for the most part, he was a career backup in college and, and so far in the NBA, NBA and the NFL. I just hope now that he's with Kansas City and he has a general manager from the New England Patriots as well as his offensive uh, quarterback coach there. I just wish him luck and hope he's successful next season. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, you know, the, the, you know, the new GM over at Kansas City, you know, they know what Matt can do. And, you know, he, he showed that, you know, last year while Tom Brady was out of the uh, lineup due to an injury. And, you know, inking him to a long-term deal, I think Kansas City is moving in the right direction. They're going to commit to him, and uh, I, I think it's great for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's not a bust, but – you know, he had to go by his last play. So his last play was pretty good in, in last season. So I hope he does well in Kansas City. Let's go ahead and give our, our daily Brett Favre update. You know, Brett Favre uh, worked out for the assistant coaches of the Minnesota Vikings last week. And he made a statement today saying that he'll make his decision by the 30th of this month if he's going to come back or not. 
uh, you know, I, I already penciled Brad in for this season, Jacob, and uh, I think he's going to report to camp. But I got a question for you. Do you think Brett will, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'm just on a curveball at you. Do you think he's kind of holding out to bring leverage to get more money from the Vikings? Well, I'll tell you what, if you throw on a curveball, I just hit a home run. I, that's he, that's exactly what he's doing. You know, you got to understand, if you get a player like Brett Favre, one of the things that's going to go up is ticket sales. And Brett Favre knows that. You know, the the the, uh, the uh, jersey that they're going to sell there in Minnesota, he's going to get a percentage of that. So, yeah, you want to hold out a little bit to see how those ticket sales are going to go and how, you know, the merchandise is going to go. And then you go in and set your contract. He's doing what every NFL player or smart player is supposed to do. I agree. I think I think he's trying to uh, get as much money out of that out of this as possible, knowing that this is his last go around, turning forty this year. Jacob, let's go and talk a little about Mike Vick, my buddy. He comes off home confinement on Monday, and uh, his reinstatement process starts with the NFL, but as well as with this new league coming out in October, the UFL. Uh, UFL is the United Football League. They drafted Mike Vick. Uh, the Orlando team drafted Mike Vick, so they own the rights to Mike Vick, and it came out stating that if he signs or come along in that league, he so he will make somewhere up to six hundred twenty k, six hundred twenty thousand in salary. Um, you know, Jacob, do you think that Michael Vick will consider playing? You know, playing for that type of money, or hold out and, and wait his turn, or wait to see what his fate will be with the NFL? Well, well, first of all, I think Mike Vick is going to play in the UFL because, uh, I, you know, it's going to be hard for an NFL team to, to commit to Mike Vick without seeing what he can do, you know, after a two-year sit-out. And, you know, the good thing about the UFL for Michael Vick is he gets to play football, so he gets to shake off some of that rust. The only cons that I have about Mike Vick playing in the UFL is there's a possibility of injury. So do I think this is a good thing for Mike Vick? Yes, I do. Do I think he's going to get the maximum amount that the UFL is going to offer? Yes, I do. Yeah, I just think with his debt uh, situation, you know, on creditors and filing for bankruptcy, I, it's, I really, and knowing him personally, I think it would be hard for him to walk away from 620 k uh, that's on the table, 620000 that's on the table. But you never know. You never know what he's thinking and, and who's advising him over there. And I'm just happy to see him get off home confinement on Monday, and I hope he get reinstated in the NFL or have an opportunity to play in the UFL. Let's stick with the UFL for a little bit, Jacob. We have less than two minutes for our break, so if we don't finish, we'll finish up in the beginning of our fourth segment. Uh, UFL, they stated, you know, uh, uh, their you know, rule changes, so there are different rules from the NFL. You know, their season, again, kicks off in October. Some of their rule changes, you know, will be, you know, both teams have possession in overtime. Uh, quarterback can kind of, you know, throw the ball in and out of the pocket, as well as eliminating that controversial tuck rule that New England uh, won over the Oakland Raiders back in 2001. So all in all, I think the Oak, I mean, I think the UFL league is moving in the right direction. Well, I tell you what, they're giving you everything that the NFL will not give you. So they're satisfying your appetite in terms of, you know, I love the the the, the overtime rule that where they're going to give both teams a possession. Uh, and then you know, and then the winner comes from that. I love that rule. I also I, I don't like the quarterback grounding rule, uh, but you know it's something different from the NFL. And I, I think what they want to do is they just want to let people know that hey, we're not the NFL. We're a little bit different. All of you who don't like those rules over there, we're going to do it this way. I think they're hoping to get viewers from the yeah. NFL. And well, Jacob, it's time for us to take another short break. We'll come right back and wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mark Williams and co-host. 
Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same it's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle it's me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this is our last segment before we wrap up the show. So before we start discussing the NBA, I want to talk real briefly about uh, a little bit more about NFL. Terrell Suggs signed a new deal today. 
six-year, $63 million deal uh, with $33 million and signing option bonus, man. Uh, uh, for the most part, Jake, I'm jealous. Being a former football player, former outside linebacker, I didn't think they was cutting checks this big for a defensive player. But uh, this, this deal right here makes him the highest-paid linebacker going into the uh, going into the season, giving him uh, $10.5 million a season. Um, but you know what? I, I really think it's a good deal in both ways for Terrell Suggs as well as the, the Ravens organization. Uh, Terrell, last couple of years, has been very productive. Uh, I think, you know, in, in his last six years, he had the total somewhere like 53 sacks. So all in all, uh, they, you know, the Ravens organization does well over there. Uh, Ozzie Newsom, the general manager, does a great job keeping that core guys together. Uh, he re-signed Ray Lewis, and he, now he re-signed Terrell Suggs for the future. So I like this move, and I'm jealous because I didn't get that type of money. Well, I tell you what, you know, the defense is a fixture for, uh, you know, the Ravens. And, uh, you know, it's good to see them sign and, you know, signing Terrell. But, man, I, I agree with you. I'm jealous on this as well. <laughs> maybe maybe one day, man, maybe one day uh, we'll get up there, but we'll, we'll see. Um Let's go ahead and transition and segue into a little bit of basketball. We talked quite a bit of NBA basketball trades last week, and there were some late trades that came out last uh, after our show aired last Wednesday. So let's, let's, let's catch the listeners up about uh, some trades. Sean Merriman got tra- uh, Sean Marion, I'm sorry, got traded to the Dallas Mavericks uh, in a three-way sign and trade agreement arrangement from uh, Toronto. Uh, he ended up getting a five-year deal worth 39 million from the Dallas Mavericks. But Jacob, you know. Sean, Sean Murray, he's been traveling the last three years from from the uh, Phoenix Suns, the Miami Heat, now to Toronto, and now back to the Dallas or to Dallas. Uh, and I really don't see how Sean Murray, will, you know, with his quirky style of play, I really don't see how he fits in with the Dallas Mavericks and the Dirk Nowitzki type of offense. Well, I tell you what, Lamont, you know, with the off-season issues uh, and last-season issues that the uh, Dallas Mavericks had with uh, Josh Howard. I think they were looking for some reassurance, and I think that's why they brought in Sean Merriam. I, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to fit in their system because of his unorthodox style, uh, but he'll definitely provide a little offense for them. So who you see at the start? Let's lay out the starting five. I got, you know, um, we got Jason Kidd at one. You see uh, Josh Howard moving to two with Merriman, uh, Sean at three, and Nowinski at four. Or how do you see that playing out up there in Dallas? Well, I tell you what, you just put it together. It's kid uh, Josh Howard is probably going to move to that too because the Jet is definitely going to come off of the bench. He likes playing that that six man role as a shooter. Uh, Nowitzki and and Dampier in the middle. Uh, you know, so Merriam gives them a better offensive game now on defense that's where you know they're probably going to lack a little bit at but uh he's 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 a good addition uh for that dallas mavericks team and we just just have to sit back and wait and see what happens yeah speaking of offensive game and enhancing their offensive game the clippers la clippers after drafting blake griffin in 2009 draft is seeking to pick up free agent Allen iverson on a one-year contract um, Allen Iverson, we, we discussed him last last week, Jacob, how he can be a chemistry killer for a team. But he brings productive uh, – product, if, he, if he starts and, and he's happy, he's very productive uh, on the court. I think last year was his first season averaging under 20 points. 
Well, you know, he's been a scoring champion in the past. And, you know, Los Angeles Lakers, one, I mean, Los Angeles Clippers, one of the things that they're looking for, they're looking for scoring. And, you know, Allen Iverson brings that to them. And I think he'll be a good addition. I, you know, I don't think he was really happy in Detroit coming off the bench. I'm sure he's definitely want to, want to be in the starting lineup with the L.A. Clippers. And it may be a good addition for the L.A. Clippers. Yeah, good media market. I mean, he's in L.A., uh, I, I think it'll probably be a good fit for him, and it would open up some shots for because uh, Allen likes to drive the hole a lot, so it'll open up some shots for the power forward spot, which is be uh, Blake Griffin. So all in all, I think if he signs with him, it wouldn't be a bad move instead of going to uh, uh, Memphis or uh, or Charlotte Bobcats. Let's, let's move forward and talk a little bit about Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat. Uh, Dwayne Wade stated that he received a text from uh, the general manager Pat Riley last week. Oh, this week, Jacob, about a. Uh, offer or extension, and it's a no-brainer. D. Wade is waiting for the 2010 uh, free agent market with all the other big-time guys coming out that year. But besides the New York Knicks, Jacob, you know, that's looking to bring in a big-name guy, who do you think D. Wade would probably fit well with if he doesn't stay with the Miami Heat? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I don't think he'll stay. If, if, if he moves, I don't think he'll stay in the East. I think he wants to come out West. And if I had to pick a team that he would fit well with, it would either be the uh, the uh, San Antonio Spurs or the uh, Utah Jazz because he's the type of guy who likes to get the ball in the open court, and those two teams run a lot, and they have great point guards, and I think those two systems will fit him well. Yeah, I think he will. If, if, he, doesn't, if he doesn't re-sign with the, the Miami Heat, I think he will stay in the East Coast, and I think he probably want to go back home. I think he probably sign with the Bulls, uh, and I'm gonna just take a stab at it. I think the Bulls will probably make an offer for him. Uh, that type of style of offense they have, uh, is, you know, they got a bunch of guards up there, and they kind of spread out, and they have some good quality big men. Uh, they got a good swing guy. I can't think of his name right now. That played real well in the playoffs, and it all depends on what kind of cap they have and what kind of money they have available to bring them back home. Uh, well, I tell you what, Lamont, you know uh, what. Moving over just a little bit, I want to talk about the Lakers. Uh, it's my understanding that the Lakers pulled the uh, $27 million contract off the table for Lamar Odoms today. Do you think he's going to stay with the Lakers, or is he going to move? I think he's going to move. I don't think if he – I mean, the Lakers offered him $9 million and, you know, and he's looking to for $10 million plus. And I think what hurt him last year was his inconsistency play in the playoffs as well as through the season. And I just think, you know – but them taking that offer on the table tells me that they've done their due diligence, and a lot of teams out there is pretty much going to offer him the same. So I think all in all he's going to get the short end of the stick during this free agent market. Uh, even though he did win a championship, I don't think I don't foresee him coming back with the uh, with the L.A. Lakers next year. Well, I tell you what, you're taking two guys out of that lineup in Ariza, and now there's a possibility of Lamar Odom not signing with the Los Angeles Lakers, and you're really talking about a chemistry buster. Um, so, you know, we have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah. Well, Jacob Manis, we, we that's it. I think we got less than a minute, 30 seconds for our show. So I want to go ahead and just thank you all out there for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer.
We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america sports channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.